0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Brendan Egan. Brendan is the founder and president of Simple SEO Group. And he wrote a really interesting article that I thought was fascinating for the compliance practitioner that we're going to get into. So, Brendan, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today.
0: Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you inviting me and it's great to be on here. I'm excited to chat with you.
1: So I was wondering if you could tell us why you founded Simple SEO and what's the business of the organization?
0: Certainly. So I've been in this industry for about 13 years now. I started it actually fresh out of college, Tom. While I was in college, I was incredibly interested in stock trading and I was actually a finance and economics major. One of the things that I did early in college was I actually started trading from my living room, from my college campus, And was very successful at it. I started a company my sophomore year of college called Learn to Trade. And basically, I created a 10-hour long video course that we sold on our website. And we also offered consulting services to people that were looking to become traders. And one of the things that I learned very quickly in that business is that your business model is one thing, but your marketing is really what's going to drive your business and drive your revenue and determine whether or not you're successful And so I had hired about six or seven different marketing agencies at that company to run our SEO campaigns, to run our digital marketing. And every time I was disappointed, it was an industry full of people that would promise me the world. And when it came time to deliver, the results just weren't there from a marketing perspective. And so we ended up forming our own in-house marketing team and SEO team at that business. And as I kind of transitioned out of that business and sold it, I had a lot of friends and family that we were helping out with their digital marketing. And so I kind of naturally made that next progression and said, hey, you know what? This is something that I've gotten really good at through this business and something that there's clearly a need for high quality SEO and marketing services. And so about 13 years ago, we founded Simple SEO Group.
1: So the work you guys do, you have an incredibly diverse set of clients from legal clients to business entrepreneurs, startups, large corporations, So I was really fascinated by your client base. And perhaps we can talk about some of the differences that those businesses need, or perhaps the differences are really much smaller than someone not in that business might suspect. But you wrote a great article that I came across entitled, Marketing Do's and Don'ts During a Crisis. And one of the things that I am struggling with, and I think everyone is struggling with, is what's the right tone to take During this time. So you really looked at it from short, medium and long term solutions. So I was wondering if you could start off by telling us what short term solutions do you see at this point?
0: Absolutely. And so to your first question, Tom, we work with a very diverse group of clients, everything from startups that have one person working out of their mom's basement all the way up to Fortune 500 companies and everything in between. And so we don't really vertically specialize and we don't really work with one particular size of a company. We work kind of across the gamut. I would say our average, average company probably has somewhere between 20 to 50 employees, but there's certainly exceptions to that. And so we have a lot of experience on kind of all parts of the spectrum in terms of size of companies and their unique needs that each different size of company, depending on how big they are and what they do in revenue and where they are in their business growth mode, what they need from a marketing perspective. And so as I wrote that article about marketing do's and don'ts during a crisis, obviously, as we're recording this, we are you know, kind of at the peak or maybe starting to get into the tail end, hopefully, of this COVID-19 crisis and outbreak. And really, I wrote that article, Tom, kind of at the start of, you know, things closing down. It's been about five or six weeks now since I actually wrote that. I think it was published on March 20th or March 25th or somewhere around Mm -hmm. there. And really what it focused on is the fact that when we're in a crisis or when we're looking at marketing, and this applies both to during a crisis as well as just every day of the week, but you want to look at marketing in terms of your expectations and your horizons. So we usually break it down into short, medium, and long-term horizons, right? And so when it comes to a crisis or when it comes to COVID, you don't want to make any knee-jerk decisions today that are going to impact your integrity or your growth 12, 18, 24 months down the road. Nobody saw this COVID crisis coming. This is something that you know, really, honestly, six months ago, COVID didn't exist, right? And it started in China. And and we do some business with people in China and Korea. And they kind of warned us and said, hey, this may be coming your way and be prepared for some pretty big shockwaves from it. But, you know, six months ago, nobody thought about this. The economy was booming. Businesses were doing fantastic. They were spending more than ever on marketing. And so today in a COVID world, we don't want to make any decisions or reactions that are 24 months down the road that are going to impact our long-term integrity. What we do want to do is we want to make short-term changes. So what does that mean? So when it comes to your marketing strategies, you're probably doing a variety of different things as a business. You may be doing advertisements. You may be doing, you know, trade shows. You may be doing print advertising. You may be doing SEO, you know, all the different mediums that you have. You should look at those and kind of put them into three different buckets, short, medium, long-term and figure out, you know, in the short term, What should I be changing? So, if we look to, let's say, television ads, you know, last night I was watching the news and every other ad had some sort of COVID spin to it, whether it was Liberty Mutual, you know, telling their customers that they're slashing rates, or whether it was Burger King telling them that, hey, we're doing contactless drive through. Literally every business has done some sort of COVID spin. So, in the short term, certainly you should take a look at your marketing and advertising and say, hey, how can we tell our customers that we're here for them? What are we doing to support them? But in the long term, companies that have campaigns that are planned 12 months, 18 months down the road, they have maybe big trade shows, big product launches. This probably isn't going to really impact you too much. You may want to give an additional consideration to people's mindset changing a little bit due to this outbreak. But in the long run, it's really not going to change anything. And so for our clients, Tom, in the digital space, what we've done is, We've taken a look at our short term strategies, things like email blasts, things like Google ads, things like social media advertising. And we've said, hey, are there things that we should either alter our messaging or are there things that we should maybe even pause or pull back on our ad spend based on performance in the short term? But in the medium and long term, we know that this really isn't going to change too much. We should still stick with, you know, our long term SEO, our long term strategies that take a long time to implement. We really aren't advising our clients to make too many dramatic changes there. And so the reason I when I started answering this question, Tom, I mentioned that it's been a little while since we wrote this is because, you know, our short term strategy, we're probably about halfway through our changes that we would make for COVID in terms of short term. I think the guidance that we're seeing is that, you know, economies are starting to open back up and over the next Six to eight weeks, I think a lot of the country will be back open and back to business as usual. And so as that time goes on, we're starting to get out of that short term and starting to get more into kind of the medium or longer term implications of the COVID world.
1: And I really like your approach of the expectations and horizons. And you used a phrase that I have to follow up on, which is long term integrity. It seems to me that one theme throughout all of this is through each of these time horizons, you have to do engage marketing, engage your employee base, your customer base, your client base, your stakeholder base with integrity. Would that be a fair assessment?
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, integrity is key in any business and it's certainly key in my business and it's certainly key in all the clients that we work with. And so You know, look at your marketing, and marketing is a kind of a gray area, Tom. There's a lot of overlap. Marketing can overlap into your culture. It can overlap into, you know, even your legal world in an essence, even into some of your compliance world. And the businesses that we work with that are the most successful approach marketing from a holistic and a company-wide philosophy. They don't say, hey, we're just going to market in our marketing department. We're going to have one guy who wears a marketing hat. They say, we're going to be an organization that puts our marketing first, puts our customer service first, and takes that integrity in every every footstep that they take from a business perspective. And so our clients that do that are the most successful. And what we've seen during this time is, you know, people that use customer service as a marketing tool. So I've had some clients that have been clients of ours, Tom, for eight, nine, 10 years that are really severely impacted during this time. And, you know, a couple of them, we went to them, we said, Hey, we've been working with you guys for nine years we're going to keep working with you guys instead of you guys pausing services or doing cutbacks we're going to keep working with you guys for the next 6 weeks and we're not going to charge you for those services you've been a client for 9 years right and that goes a long way in our marketing as a company and so i've seen clients of ours that have offered you know discounts to their client bases that have offered special promotions that have you know said hey we're going to instead of charging you on a 30 day net term we're going to extend that out 90 days or 120 days you know afford Chevy car companies, I've seen them offer, you know, 84 months, zero interest financing, they're deferring payments. So, you know, these are marketing strategies that go into the culture of the company in terms of the integrity of how they're treating their customers during this time. But it also will go a long way for them in the long term in terms of being able to say to their people, hey, we were there for you during this crisis, we supported you, you know, from a customer service, from a marketing and from a need standpoint in terms of their integrity.
1: Brendan, the other thing that intrigued me about your time horizon approach is it didn't seem to lock you into one strategy or not. And given the it's not only that this is completely new situation for all of us in living memory, but also that the information we're getting, whether it's medical information, scientific information, business information, GDP information, is evolving at a very rapid rate. And it seems to me that the framework and time horizons you've laid out allows for not variation but to respond to that new information and that something that if we have a phased opening I had originally thought, well, May 1, we'll just turn the switch. We'll all go back to normal. That wasn't correct. When we're going to have phased openings literally throughout the country. And it seems to me your approach allows for not only variation, but also utilization of that information to modify your strategy.
0: Absolutely, Everything in marketing is constantly dynamic, whether we're in a crisis or not. Things are always changing based on the information that we see, based on, ROIs based on different campaign metrics. And so, really, in the COVID world and any sort of crisis, Tom, that's no different. You know, it's the same as we treat every marketing campaign. And so, every business needs to be fluid. I mean, if we think back, I kind of joke with people six weeks ago, I was speaking at a marketing conference in Las Vegas. I flew out there, you know, had some great dinners at some of the greatest restaurants in Vegas, and the world was normal. That was only five or six weeks ago. And so, a lot has changed in a very short period of time. And, you know, without getting into politics, you know, there's criticism as to how fast people reacted or, you know, how quickly we did this or what projections were right. And, you know, when we look at how much has changed and how much has moved and how many ventilators were produced and how many test kits were produced and how much PPE was produced and all the different aspects of this, you know, five or six weeks is an incredibly short amount of time for the types of changes that we've seen in this country and really around the world. And so to your point, Tom, I also thought that May 1st or May 15th was going to be that magical flip of the switch. And I thought everything would be back open again. And, you know, we'd see a very, very quick recovery. And it appears not only in the US, but around the globe, you know, we're having these phased reopenings. China kind of led the way with that, right? Where they said, hey, Wuhan and certain places are going to stay closed, but the rest of the country is going to kind of open business as usual. They did that in South Korea. They're doing that right now in India. We're seeing that a little bit in Europe. And so the US is a little bit behind those because we got hit a little bit later, but we're certainly going to see that same phase reopening. And we're already seeing it. We're seeing Texas and Florida and other places, Georgia, are already opening up for business. And I think the areas that are more densely populated that were harder hit are going to be a little bit slower behind, obviously. But as we do that, you know, our marketing needs to adapt. And so what we've been seeing already in our short-term strategy, some of our clients, Tom, that we pause, I'll use one example. We have an e-commerce client that we work with here in Chicago. When this virus first hit, we were seeing about five to six times ROI on their ad spend. So every dollar we put in, we were getting about five or six dollars out, right? During the virus hitting, that drops to about $1.50 to $2 output. So we turned to them and we said, hey, this isn't very profitable for you guys. You're putting a dollar in and you're maybe getting a dollar fifty out let's pause these ads for a little bit. I don't know how long. I don't know if it's going to be a day, a week, a month, six months. It depends on what the virus does, right? And about two and a half weeks later, after we paused those, we said, hey, you know what? The business environment is getting a little bit better now. We're seeing some economies start to open back up. Let's try scaling your marketing back in for two reasons. One, the economy is opening back up. And two, there's a lot of other businesses that have stopped doing marketing, right? So the supply and demand is out of whack. So we're going to actually see lower costs and that might work to your advantage. And so... We turned their marketing back on, Tom, at a very small scale. And immediately, they were seeing eight times ROI. They were seeing every $1 was giving them $8 in return, which is better than pre-COVID. So we very quickly scaled their marketing back up. And right now, they're seeing about seven to eight times ROI on about two times what they were spending pre-COVID. So it's kind of remarkable. That's a case of a client of ours that is actually doing better during COVID right now than they were before COVID. So, you know, everything is very fluid. Everything changes on a daily or weekly basis. And so it's important in your marketing to not be afraid to test those things and to be able to adapt and react accordingly.
1: In addition to COVID, obviously, we're looking at at least some form of economic dislocation. I'm in Houston, so we're thinking it's going to be a huge and severe economic dislocation. We had a GDP number come out today. We don't know where that's going to go in the future. How are you helping marketers, corporations think through how they can effectively market in an economic dislocation?
0: So I started this company, as I mentioned, about 13 years ago and started it during probably the worst recession of my lifetime and of many business owners' lifetime. And so I kind of cut my teeth, Tom, on getting started in a recessionary environment and helping business owners figure out how do we make money in spite of being in a recession? And we did it very successfully, obviously, because if we didn't, we wouldn't have grown our company and still be here today. And what's interesting is that during a recession, marketing becomes that much more important. It almost becomes, I hate to use the word essential service because that's the buzzword these days, but companies that don't market, that do well in spite of themselves, that maybe just rely on referrals or existing business or kind of the status quo of what they have in their pipeline – They find that during a recession, a lot of that goes away, and they actually have to intelligently market their businesses and invest in campaigns that deliver strong ROIs. And so, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if we're going to be in a recession for a quarter or for two quarters or for two years or, you know, what the future is going to look like, obviously. But we're seeing more demand than ever, Tom, for our services because companies that had other pipelines of business growth and revenue and other marketing channels. They're drying up right now. Trade shows are non-existent. Events are non-existent. Network marketing is non-existent. People can't go sit down in an office and do a face-to-face meeting. So we're seeing more and more and more companies turning to digital and saying, how can we do things like SEO, pay-per-click advertising, email campaigns, LinkedIn outreach? You know, How can these different digital means that are still largely uninterrupted due to covid help businesses that rely more maybe on offline or person-to-person relationships. And so we've been helping a lot of companies with that. Some that have had, you know, have dabbled in the past in internet marketing, others that have literally never touched it that, you know, need to start from zero, need a new website, need to focus on SEO, want to incorporate e-commerce components. We're working with a local company here in Chicago right now that, literally has a 12-year-old website that's never done anything online and we're building a new site for them and introducing them to e-commerce, which we think is going to be incredibly successful for their line of products they offer. So, you know, really just being open, I think, and looking at, you know, hey, during this COVID world, as we can't be together in person, you know, and, and as the future evolves a little bit during a recession and maybe some of the other channels dry up, what are some of the opportunities that we have, especially in terms of online, where we can kind of supplement that and help companies continue to grow and continue to drive revenue?
1: And then unfortunately we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if we're going to link to your article in the show notes if listeners wanted additional information on you or your company, where could they go?
0: Yeah, certainly. If anybody wants to reach out, I'm happy to answer any questions. I uh, have a lot of great information. I have my own podcast, a book that I just released. And obviously, the way that you found me, Tom, I'm a contributor to Entrepreneur in the article that you read. So anyone that wants to get in touch can go to simpleseogroup.com. We'll link to that below. My personal site, brandonegan.com, is a great resource as well and certainly can follow along on Entrepreneur. As I mentioned, just finished up publishing a wonderful book that's catered towards small businesses called the 101 tips from the marketing masters. And that kind of highlights 101 different chapters, 101 different ways that small businesses can utilize the internet and digital marketing to further grow their brand. So happy to connect with any of your listeners that you know we could certainly lend a hand to or that are just looking for a little bit of advice how to navigate these challenging times.
1: Brendan, I'm going to get that book and then you're going to come back on another podcast. So (laughs) I would love to talk continuing the conversation.
0: Absolutely would love to. I'll actually get a copy sent out your way so you can check it out because I think it's certainly a value and really appreciate it. And thanks for having me today, Tom. It's been my absolute pleasure. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to com slash courses and choose from four hour long training packages that will keep you current. That's com slash courses.